This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mix in just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Pauly, and their dog Ninja. Hey guys, welcome to episode 248 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry. And I'm Tracy. Tracy, you have teal hair. I do. Teal and purple. You look like a peacock. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll take that as a compliment. Okay. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) All right, so... We have a cool show tonight. Obviously, before we get started, we want to thank all of our military and civil servants all over the world, no matter which country you represent. Thank you for all of your hard work and keeping us all safe. Amen, brother. We pray for you guys every day, and we just appreciate you guys so much, and we just hope you all know that. We also want to make sure that everyone knows that uh, if you're struggling, if you're having trouble dealing with some situations that might be going on with your life right now, that we are there for you. If you want to reach us personally, you can. If you want to lean on our group, remember it's Hillbilly Horror Stories group on Facebook. And you will have about 5,000 people. What's well, 5,100 now. Mm-hmm, that's that, awesome. That are willing to jump in and give you the support you might be looking for. The important thing to remember, and I just had a conversation with somebody yesterday, is once again, never listen to your brain when your brain tells you that you are a burden to people. You are not a burden. That's just your mind playing a nasty trick on you. Yeah, that's so true, guys. You know, just reach out to all of us and we'll be sure to help you if we can by listening and which is always a good thing. And but if you would rather talk to the suicide hotline, you can call them at 1-800-273-8255 or you can text them at 741-741. Tracy, we would normally wait till uh, the other announcements to announce some of these things. But I wanted to mention this one up front. We lost a listener. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of months ago, and we just found out about it. A uh, gentleman by the name of Robert Burton. He was one of our first listeners, one of the first people to ever contact us. And, you know, way back in the early days, he was telling us how much he liked the show and he was giving us show ideas. He mm-hmm. offered to do research for us he if did. we needed Bless his heart. it. Super, super nice guy. Uh, lived out in Oklahoma. And, you know, so many of you write us and. It's, it's just the way life is that sometimes you'll talk to somebody for two, three, four months and then you just kind of lose contact with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And Robert was like that for a couple of years. We heard from Robert a lot. And the last two years, not quite as much. You mm-hmm. know, it's like I said, life gets busy. It's nobody's fault. But we had a listener that went back and, and listened to one of our old shows and it was so strange. She said, hey, I want to find out if Robert Burton lived in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, I, I I think I know who that is. And it, 
and it was Annie, matter of fact. Oh, Annie, uh-huh. Annie wrote us. And then I went back and looked, and sure enough, he was from Oklahoma, and she informed us that he passed away a couple oh, months ago. Oh, yeah. So, That's so sad. Yeah, we were, uh, you know, like I said, we didn't know Robert on a personal level, but like so many other listeners, we've had enough contact over the years mm-hmm. to where we consider everybody family, and mm-hmm. to us, this was losing a family member. Yeah. So. Rest in peace, brother. So I, I just wanted to, to get that out. Um, as usual, the episode is brought to you by El Yucateco Hot Sauce. Mm-hmm. Hashtag flavor. Why is it hashtag flavor, Tracy? Because it's good. It is good. good. But they don't want you to focus on the heat part because they don't focus on the heat. They focus on, on the, the flavor. flavor. That's why it's hashtag king of flavor. It is the number one habanero-based hot sauce in the United States. Top 10 and all hot sauces. You can find it at most major grocers. But if you can't, find it at your major grocer. You can always find it at lucateco.com along with everything else that they may have there such as merchandise or little travel size bottles of hot sauce that you can just uh, put on your key ring or Mm -hmm. whatever the case is. But uh, you guys will absolutely love it. If you go there and use the code hillbillyhorror, you will get 10% off your complete purchase. Good deal. So, all right, Tracy, are you ready to get into the story? Yes, sir. Now, we've covered our share of haunted bars and saloons on this show. And we've been lucky enough to go to a bunch of these haunted places. We have been very lucky. So some of the ones that stand out is obviously Bobby Mackey's Mm -hmm. and the Talbot Tavern. Yeah. And one of my personal favorites, Captain Tony's Saloon in Key West. Yeah, that was a cool place. Yeah, which we got to make happen, you know, a little over a year ago, we got to finally go there. Mm -hmm. So I was excited. There's a bunch of we'd like to go to. Tonight, though, we're going to go about as far west of Key West as we possibly can, and we're going to cover the White Eagle Saloon in Portland, Oregon. I like the name of it. Yes. This place has a pretty cool history, which, like many of our stories, will contribute to the haunting of the White Eagle. So let's start with the fact that this is a bar with live music and some rooms that you can rent for the night. Very cool. It is listed today as a hotel. We'll get more into that later. Ninja is snoring extremely loud. I know. He's under the bed, too. Anyway, try not to let that bother you. And, <laughs> and no, it's not an EVP. It's not a demon in the background. Cause somebody <laughs> will write us. Even <laughs> though it does sound like a demon sometimes. So the pictures I've seen of the upstairs area where where they had the rooms is kind of eerie. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, there's sayings and stuff written written all over the walls, like and and on the doors and stuff. Like there's only 13 rooms in the place. Oh, you mean like the stuff is written on the hotel yes. rooms? Yes, stuff? it's oh. like it's like the staff and stuff has put it there. It's not like you know, Joe Blow was spending some time there and wrote it. This is like. Like, you can get those sayings that you can, made out of vinyl that you can put on the yeah. wall and stuff. It's like that. But these is like, these are like eerie sayings. Like, if you're scared, you, <laughs> you know, you've be. already come too far <laughs> and all this. It's just. Okay, yeah, that, that would just, creep me out. It's a really weird concept. Mm-hmm. And it's out in the hallways. And the hallways have, like, Sam's door on it or Sam's room. And one of them is, oh, I can't even remember what the one was, but it was, it's like who, the hoodoo lounge or what one of the rooms is called. It's just a really weird setup. Anyway, I, I, I wouldn't really dig in it. And it's not the prettiest place in the world either. And I say that in all love, but it looks like 
It looks like if you watch an old Wild West movie mm-hmm. and they have a hotel and you walk in, it's got like a hallway and a little wooden door. It's yeah. just That's kind of what it looked like to me on the inside. So I watched a bunch of videos and nothing about it made me. And they don't have air conditioning. Yeah, that would be it for me. Yeah, I, I mean, do that. when you consider the fact it's in Portland, I understand that Portland is not the hottest place in the world, but I'm sure in the summertime it gets 80s, 90s, oh, just like yeah. it does here. Well, and I couldn't imagine. And this is upstairs, so you mm-hmm. know it's hotter upstairs than mm-hmm. it is downstairs. So I now, don't know. All that means, all that means, is that we are spoiled. And you That's have what to, that means. And you have to. Now a lot of people smell that way. <laughs> um, but you, <laughs> you also have to share bathrooms. Oh, no. Mm-mm. And I think these rooms are like 70 or 80 bucks a night. No way. And you have to share a bathroom and you don't have any air conditioning. And you got to, you're got you over top of a bar with live music. Yeah. It's like well, every video I saw, it was like the person was talking and you could hear the music in the background. It's like, and you know it's got to be open until 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. So, I mean, how do you get, unless you're staying there yeah. because you wanted to come for the live music and you just didn't want to drive because you mm-hmm. were drinking. I don't know. Anyways. I'm not trying to down the place. I've not been there. I'm just saying from what I've seen, right. it's not a place there that I would want to stay. So, all right. Anyway, so let's get into the history of the White Eagle Saloon, which is officially, by the way, known as the McMinimans White Eagle Saloon and Hotel. All right. And it's basically a company that owns a lot of these little uh-huh. uh, nightclubs and stuff like that. So they own a lot of bars and stuff like that. The White Eagle is located off North Russell Street in the Albano district of the Elliott neighborhood. Hearing this, you would probably assume that the White Eagle was named after a Boyd. The fact that it was an <laughs> Albano the Albano district. But it was actually named after the White Eagle on the Polish flag. Oh, well, that's nice. Yes. Back when the bar was getting started, it basically had a huge following of Polish immigrants who worked in the area. And this was not always the the name of the building, by the way. It didn't start off as the White Eagle. But it was owned by a couple of Polish immigrants, Mm -hmm. and they set it up pretty much for a a place for the Polish immigrants to be able to come. So the White Eagle eventually was going to take place. But I'm going to walk you through all the name changes here real quick. The first business that was started here in 1905 was known as the B. Soboleski and Company Saloon. Well, how in the world do you spell that? <laughs> well, it's actually S-O-B-E-L-E-S-K-I-E. Oh, it's not that bad. Okay. Now, it was ran by Barney Soboleski and William Hersko. It was started in the in an old wooden building that was there that had been there since the 1880s, which this was 1905, so it's not like it was that old. It was a 25-year-old building at the mm-hmm. time. William's younger brother, Joseph, was the bartender, and he lived in one of the upstairs rooms. So we said it started in a wooden building, right, structure, but the bar today is in a brick building. Now, that building was built in 1914, and that was the same year that Barney Sobolewski decided that he didn't want to be a part of the bar, so he sold the bar to the Hersko Brothers. Okay. They changed the name to the Hersko Brothers Saloon. Mm Mm-hmm. But just three years later, in 1917, the name changed to the Hersko Brothers Soft Drink Emporium. Do you have any idea why that would be? Uh, They made soft drinks? Prohibition. Oh. So Prohibition came 
no more liquor. So if you have no more liquor, it's kind of hard to have a bar. That's so very true. they have a soft drink emporium. And that didn't go over very well, I can't but imagine. It did because most people believe that during this time they were still serving the good stuff other than the soft drinks. Oh. <laughs> In 1938, they rebranded by becoming the Hershko Brothers Restaurant and Beer Parlor because Prohibition was over. Well, there you go. They eventually became the White Eagle Cafe and Saloon in 1949. So it took them that long. In the early 1970s, Tony Peroni, that sounds like a song or something. Yeah. Was it the name game? (laughs) Tony, Tony Peroni. (laughs) So Tony Peroni bought the building from the Hersko family. And this was actually, it was the second generation. So I imagine this was the kids of of the original Hersko brothers. That's when they started doing live music. In 1998, the McMenamin pub chain bought out the place and they gave it the name you had today, the White Eagle Saloon and Hotel. No. So, so they so they just haven't did any renovations or anything, right? Just they the much. same pretty much. It pretty much looks from my understanding it looks pretty much the same as it did back in the 40s. I mean, that's kind of cool. I kind of wouldn't mind to see something like that. Over the years, the building has been used as a place to hold meetings and even church services during the Prohibition days. It's also been used as a brothel. Which has been all over the place. How many buildings can can you think of that may have possibly been used as a brothel and also used to to hold church services? (laughs) (laughs) During the bar's early years, Russell Street has several bars in the area had lots of factories and docks and mills and uh, railroad workers from the area. Mainly immigrants. Uh, these immigrants all came from Great Britain, Asia, Poland, the Baltic, the Mediterranean, and Scandinavia. Good Lord. So there's a lot of people, people came from far. Well, it was, a, it was a port ship. Or, I mean, it was a port city. So, And you got members on that side of the country. So it would have been closer to all those places than like we are. Oh, uh, well, I guess that makes sense. So, there was a trolley. That actually ran up and down there up uh, Mississippi Avenue and it stopped right at Russell Street near the bar. And by this time, the bar had a very bad reputation for fighting and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And when the trolley would stop, it would say, next stop, Bucket of Blood. That's what the nickname oh, yeah. of the White Eagle was back then because of all the fights. Yeah. Bucket of Blood. What's well, not a true bar if there's no fighting. Well, that's true. But I think you know, this got a little out of hand. Got a little out of hand. So, yes, the White Eagle at this time had gotten quite the reputation for all the fights that had happened inside and outside the saloon. You know, I just, I don't know why this just got my attention. You know, they talk about Asia being the Far East. Mm -hmm. But if you're in Portland, it really isn't the Far East. First of all, it's West. Oh. You would go west to get there, and it's not that far from Portland. Not like not as far as what it would be here. Hmm. Actually, like England would be the far west. I don't know. Anyways, I, I got All I know, it's far, far away. <laughs> the Hershko brothers and Barry Sobolewski were Polish immigrants, and they wanted to make the bar a place for Polish immigrants to come hang out, play pool, have some drinks, gamble a little, and... They had enough money, maybe partake in some of the activities upstairs with uh, 
some exceptionally friendly young ladies. <laughs> Very nice to put. If pay for play isn't your style, you could always go down in the basement to the opium den. What the heck is that? It's, well, you got to realize, back in the early years, opium was a major drug. Um, you know, that's and it made from poppy seeds. That's why sometimes if you eat a lot of poppy seeds, it's possible you could test positive for opium for a, a drug test, which no was kidding. the famous Seinfeld episode where Elaine had been eating all those poppy seed muffins and she tested positive. But yeah, so back in the day, I mean, because like, uh, for example, Edgar Allan Poe, he was a really bad addicted to opium. So, I mean, it was like that was a really big drug choice back in the late 1800s, mm -hmm. early 1900s. And I'm sure they probably had some other stuff down there, but... Well, heck, I had no clue. They really did try to please everybody. I'll they give them sure that. did. In the basement, there were some underground tunnels that led to the waterfront. Now, there's some rumors. I'm not sure if they're true or not, but there are rumors. But it's said that, like the story we did on the Shanghai Tunnels, which is also in Portland, that patrons who were drunk were kidnapped either after they passed out on their own or they were hit over the head and then taken through the tunnels to the waterfront and put aboard ships headed for the Far East, as we've already covered, and they were never heard from again. So yeah. they were they were actually put on the boats. That's if you didn't hear scary. that story, they were put on the boats and they were just pretty much slave labor aboard the boats. Mm. You just so they would as the boats made their way, the ships made their way to China to pick up whatever supplies they would and make their way back. These people just never made it off the boats. Wow. So Some it doesn't them, pay to get drunk and have a good time yes, because you're going to end up somewhere bad. Well, if you're going to get drunk, make sure there's not tunnels underneath the building. Yeah, no doubt. That lead to the water. God, that's so scary to wake up and you're like, what the heck? Yeah. All right, so let's get into the paranormal stuff. And we'll get into that paranormal right after a quick break from our sponsor. The most common lore from the saloon is the spirit of Rose. Now, here's the story of Rose. And like many of these ghost stories, there are a few variations. On basically, all the stories that we're going to do tonight mm -hmm. are a few variations. So, uh, Rose was a working girl at the brothel. And the main story is that she had a client that fell head over heels in love with her. He wanted to marry her and take her away from this kind of life. Here's where the story gets a little cloudy. One version of the story says that she had feelings for him too, but she was technically owned by the hotel, so she had to tell him no. In a fit of rage, the man stabbed her to death. I think it's her damn fault. Well, it ain't her fault that she is owned by the hotel or whatever. You know, what do you call that? Uh, uh, what do you call that? I don't know. Like, Say you serve papers, but you can't... Under contract? No. Breach of contract? No, but you can't serve... Hell, I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> like, you're you're not allowed to serve papers in this certain area because it's... Hell, I don't know what I said. Remember? Yeah, I remember. The... Or, no, not even that. Like, if you want to go off and serve papers on your own, like how you were doing with Mike, but if you wanted to do it on your own, compete, comp, compete. Uh, oh, no compete. No compete. 
Sorry. Well, it took me a long way to get, get there. <laughs> How far? But, but you know what I'm saying? I mean. Well, but it's not like a no compete. It's not like she was going to go work for another brothel. Well, I understand She was just going to quit, period. Yeah, well, I know, but I don't understand why she said that then. Then why does... Why she... Well, and that's probably why he flew into a fit of rage, because probably thinking, well, I mean, I'm going to take you. You, you. you don't have to worry about the I ownership mean, here anymore. Well, We're I mean, I was gone. sitting here thinking, why would she not do that? I mean, it's going to get her out of that lifestyle and... Well, at least that's one variation. Now so, I got it was dead. Another variation says that she was going to take the man up on the offer, but the hotel owner found out and stabbed her to death. So she is not in any kind of win-win situation here. No. She's just dead. Both variations of the story were said to have happened on the property. Would you believe there's a third variation to the story? Oh, good Lord. Who stabbed her now? This version says that Rose fell in love with a sailor. <laughs> she said she fell on a knife and stabbed herself. No. She fell in love with a sailor. The sailor had feelings for her as well, but he was married. He left on a very long trip out to sea, and when he returned, he found out that Rose had been murdered. Now, this one doesn't say who or what, but this one just says that he came back and found out she was dead. Today, it is thought that Rose haunts the upstairs rooms of the saloon. There have been reports of a woman sobbing that many people have complained about. Sometimes it's just a woman crying, and sometimes it's she's sobbing. And sometimes it's just like a moan, mm -hmm. a crying-type moan. So however you want to term that, that's what people hear. There are other parts of the saloon that have had their fair share of strange occurrences as well. The basement is one of them. There have been many well-known psychics that have refused to go down into the basement. Damn, they won't even go down there? No. What? And I don't know who the well-known psychics are before you ask. I just know. Yeah. I saw two or three different places where it said mm -hmm. several well-known. Yeah. That's all it got. The staff often reports hearing strange noises from the basement, which used to be the opium den and the gambling part of the saloon. An employee said that he felt like eyes were watching him every time he descended the stairs going there. Others, either working or staying at the hotel, have reported an overwhelming emotion of sadness. Hmm. There's a mysterious knocking that can be heard occasionally through the walls. Faucets will turn on in rooms that are locked with no one accompanying them. Full body apparitions in period style closings have been seen all over the saloon and the hotel area. There are also some aggressive things that happen here. These things are attributed to the other well-known ghost by the name of Sam. Now, we're going to find out Sam's got all kinds of stories. It's all over the place when it comes to Sam. <laughs> Sam, supposedly, this is the main story. Sam was a bouncer at the bar. He also rented a room upstairs and he had been coming to the bar for years and eventually landed a job there. He was so well-liked that they hung a picture of him above the bar. Oh, that's nice. And I don't know if that picture is still there today, and you'll see why when we get into this a little more. Sam, though, mysteriously disappeared one day, and it's thought that he may have been murdered on the premises. Hmm. None of the stories that I saw about Sam or Rose had any kind of dates or even decades as to when this happened. So if Rose was a worker at the at the mm -hmm. brothel, I have no idea if it was the, you know, 1910s, the 20s, right. the 30s, the 40s. I don't even know the years that it was a brothel. Mm -hmm. I couldn't find that anywhere. Same thing with Sam. We got a lot of reports about Sam working there as a bouncer and some other stuff we'll get into. 
but I couldn't find any dates as to when this would have been. What? Which makes me very skeptical about the legitimacy of either one even existing. Well, I was going to say, if Sam, everybody loves Sam, then why, I wonder why he was murdered. Well, and there might be another option that we'll get to. I've also seen some things that said Sam wasn't a violent ghost, that all this aggressive acts that we talk about or getting ready to talk about were carried out by an unknown ghost. Those articles say that Sam likes to play pranks on the staff, such as backing up the toilets, (laughs) even when the saloon is closed. Oh, that sucks. So first of all, how are you going to blame your raggedy-ass plumbing on a ghost? Well, that's true. I mean, yeah. Oh, I mean, could you Ghost imagine? can't take a crap and clog it up. I mean, could you imagine? Hey, bartender, my poop won't flush. That damn Sam, he's a hoot. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, it's, I mean, that's what I, that's what I get out of it. <laughs> Some of the staff members say that they feel at ease with the ghost, and others, not so much. Like we said, there have been some more aggressive behavior out of some of the spirits. Some guests have reported being awoken by their bed being violently shaken. Items have been thrown at people. Some people have been pushed to the ground by unseen hands. Oh, dang. One waitress recounts a time when she was carrying out a customer's order, and she said she went to place it down on the table, and the plates flew out of her hand all by themselves. On another occasion, an employee by the name of Karen said that she saw a waitress get shoved down a flight of steps. Now, she said... That it wasn't like she was standing there and tripped or she fell. She said she was standing there completely stable and it looked like her upper body was just shoved because it went first with force down the steps. And her name was Karen, so I'm sure she immediately told her manager. (laughs) We talked about Sam. So there's a few other stories about Sam as well. Uh, One is that his apparition is a very large apparition, Mm -hmm. which would have made sense considering he was a bouncer. Yeah, muscular. That he sometimes shows up outside in the alley beside the saloon and he scares the crap out of people. (laughs) I can see that. Now, here's the thing about Sam. I told you it's all over the place when it comes to Sam. So we've heard that he's a bouncer that might have been killed there. We've heard that he's violent. We've heard that he's not violent. One of the stories that I read said that Sam was adopted by the owners there when he was 10 years old. He became a housekeeper there, not a bouncer, a housekeeper, and he died in his room. Once again, no dates. Another odd story that I saw about Sam, and I only saw this in one piece of research, so I'm a little bit skeptical on it, but I decided to at least bring it up, was that he was actually born in the saloon and may have been one of these cases of a family that was ashamed of him and either he had a disability or something back in the early days and they kept him in the hotel and never even let him outside and he eventually just disappeared or died. Like I said, I saw that in one place. That is messed up. But I don't know that that would be true at all. Of well, I hope that's not true. Because that's so. not, not very cool. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that one, but I wanted to at least bring it up. So these are a few... And in another instance, by the way, somebody said, because they said that he just disappeared, Mm -hmm. some people think that he might have been one of these Shanghai deals to where he passed out or was drunk and somebody clubbed him and took him off to a boat, and that's why he was never seen. 
Ah. And that's very plausible. So anyway, let's get back. There's a few strange phenomena that happen here as well. One is that there's the sound of music, faint music that can be heard throughout the saloon and hotel area when there is no band or when there's nothing going on. So obviously there's, it's a bar downstairs. You know, you would think, hey, there might be some music. But when there's the music has stopped at the mm -hmm. bar, people will still hear a faint sound of music. And it can happen anywhere, in the saloon, in the hotel rooms. It's a very strange, but it's been going on for years. Another one, and this is my favorite, is coins falling from the ceiling. And it makes me think about when we were at Bobby Mackey's that time. Remember we took that private tour on Valentine's Day? <laughs> yes. And when we were in the uh, well right, area. Your basement, uh -huh. Yeah, their, their basement area, the well area. We heard a coin just drop randomly. And it was just like five of us and we were all looking at each other. So yep. it wasn't any of us. And there was nobody else at the place because it was closed. Mm-hmm. And that was always strange. And I tell this story, uh, an ex-girlfriend that I had, Gina, she, you can learn all about her in the book. But, and I had mentioned this in the book, we were one time at her house, it was dark, we were just kind of laying on the couch talking, but all the lights were off. And uh, she had wooden, hardwood floors. And then you start hearing this ting, 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 ting. And we turn on the light and there's like four or five coins on the floor. Oh my gosh. Like just in the middle, like not something that could have fell off of a, a stand or anything oh my like God, that. It that's just, weird. Yeah, it was like right in the middle of the floor where there was no furniture around. Ooh. And that's the only time I've ever experienced that. But anyway, so this bar has this phenomenon of these coins falling from the ceiling. People will hear the sound of coins hitting the floor and voila, there's change on the floor that wasn't there before. That's pretty cool. So we mentioned the basement and some psychics refuse to go down there. Most psychics say that they have a feeling of overall death hmm. in the basement. Yeah, I can imagine what all went, you know, went on down there. And we told you this is the area where the gambling and the opium den was, but there was also another use for the basement. You see, while there was a brothel upstairs, there was also a brothel downstairs. Well, they the, just hoeing it up everywhere, weren't they? Well, the one downstairs was for women of color. The brothel offered services of African-American women, Asian women, and some say a few South American women. And these girls were said to have been kidnapped by sailors in South America, port towns, brought to Oregon, and probably ended up not just here in brothels, uh, but they ended up as sex slaves in other brothels, brothels throughout Oregon. Mm. Mm -mm. Down in the basement, the freezer doors open and close on their own. Coins fall from the ceiling, especially in the office area. And people will either get groped or touched by invisible hands. This one's unique. Teardrop-shaped apparitions can be seen in the basement and upstairs. Now, I've seen these. Think about it being like teardrop shaped, shaped lights. Mm -hmm. There's some pictures actually that show some of these that people have caught. Really strange, but really cool at the same time. Yeah, I don't believe I've ever seen anything like that. So the question is, are Rose and Sam the entities that haunt the saloon? Who knows? Realistically, it doesn't seem like it's very conclusive. And I'm not 100% convinced that Sam or Rose really even existed at all. 
So there you go. Guess you'll never know the truth. Yeah. What we do know is, though, that there were a lot of fights here for it be named a bucket of blood. So there was probably some murder mm-hmm. in there, I'm guessing. I think this would probably be more likely um, a patron that was killed than a than an employee, like we've talked about with Sam or Rose. Uh, and if Rose or Sam were killed on the premises, wouldn't there be some kind of record, you would think? Well, yeah, you would think. I, mean, I can't even find a year. Yeah, that's that's kind of weird. I don't understand that at all. Now, like I said, I, the, the Shanghai thing with Sam, if he did exist, that makes sense. I could get behind it. That seems plausible. All right, here's what we're going to end on. I want to share a review on TripAdvisor about the White Eagle Saloon. Okay. Now, for those of you on Patreon, we did a story on Abraham Lincoln the mm-hmm. other day, on the, on the Abraham Lincoln train. And the day that we just happened to do it, I picked it just randomly. And that day that I did the story... It was the anniversary. It was the same, you know, it was April, whatever, mm-hmm. was the same date that that actually took place. And I thought that was funny <laughs> that I happened to read the story on the same mm-hmm. you know, anniversary of the same date. Well, lo and behold, I picked out this story. And then as I'm finding the TripAdvisor, guess when this TripAdvisor review was left? April 18th of 2017. <laughs> exactly four years ago today. Oh, my god! So that's happened twice in a week. That's kind of weird. Yeah. That's cool, though. Here's what it says. Excellent but haunted. We recently stayed two nights at the White Eagle Saloon in Portland. One night on my way to San Francisco and one night on the way back. I want to start by saying that the bar and hotel are beautiful and the price is right, but now I believe that the hotel is haunted. Neither my boyfriend or myself believe in ghosts. We are very logical people and we hadn't heard anything about the hotel being haunted when we booked it. Our first night in room one was wonderful and uneventful, but our second night in room three was downright scary. We had just gotten in from a brutal 10-hour drive and went straight to the bed. We were lying in the bed trying to get to sleep, and the bed started moving up and down for no reason. We tried to rationalize it and thought that maybe it was probably due to the bar being right below us, but it felt pretty creepy. My boyfriend proceeded to fall asleep, but I was a little rattled and couldn't sleep. I kept feeling like something was tickling my toes. I eventually fell asleep too. In the morning, we were abruptly awoken by what felt like an object hitting the bed very strong from below the bed. We were both freaked out so much so that my boyfriend was looking under the bed. When we got up, we also found that the water in the sink was running. My boyfriend felt that there was something in the room that just wanted us out, so that's what we did. No shower, no nothing. We hightailed it out of there. It wasn't until today that we read many articles about the hotel being haunted. It's too bad because we love the place and the price was right, but we won't be able to do another night there. If you choose to stay, don't stay in room three. <laughs> so... And if you do want to stay, like we said, there's 13 rooms there. I heard the music is excellent. They play rock, and uh, it just seems like it would be a, a fun night. They do yeah. some acoustic stuff, some rock shows, mm-hmm. and uh, I would love to go out that way and stay. Yeah, it sounds like a fun time to me. So, anyways, there we go. We'll take a quick break for our sponsor, and then uh, we'll be right back with uh, a bunch of cool updates. Tracy, a couple of things real quick. Next week, 
We are going to have Robin Troop from Vacation Experts. He is the gentleman that if you've booked your cruise, this is probably who you've talked to or his daughter, one of the two. Mm -hmm. And he's going to come on. He is a paranormal freak. And he's going to talk to us about some paranormal stuff. We're going to talk about some haunted places in the Bahamas where the cruise is going to. And he's going to answer some questions about the cruise. Because uh, I know people have questions about excursions and vaccines and all this stuff. So he's going to answer a bunch of questions. So if you have a question, send it to me and I'll make sure we'll ask Robin and we'll get all the answers. But it's going to be fun. Sounds wonderful. And that leads us right into the cruise. Thank you so much. As of this past Friday, we've had 149 people already book and 79 cabins. Or 71 cabins, I'm sorry. That's amazing. Booked. In four weeks. That's like crazy. I never would have dreamt there would have been this kind of interest in it. So. I know. I'm glad there is. And now I just kind of wanted to get here already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so only, we can all have fun. Only like 17 months away. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that's, that's really cool. On to the closer things at hand. St. Augustine. We're almost half out of tickets there. And the... Um, what do you say? St. Augustine. We're almost half out of tickets. Yeah, we're half out of tickets. Oh. More than half. sounded dumb when you said it. Yeah, it probably was. <laughs> but I'm not cutting it out, so it is what it is. But <laughs> the this is the important part. The investigation of St. Augustine Lighthouse, to the best of my knowledge, there's only two tickets left. Wow. At the time we're recording this. We're going to try to see if we can possibly... Um, get a squeeze a few more people in there, but mm-hmm. the lighthouse was pretty adamant about keeping it at about thirty people. Mm-hmm. So, but we're gonna see what we can do as Freddie jumps up on the counter. Oh my god! So we'll know more as that goes. Um, Galveston, Memphis, and Dallas are all still have tickets available, but they are selling quick. Uh, if you're interested in any of those events. Please go to our website, hillbillyhorrorstories.com. You can learn all about the cruise and you can learn all about the events we got going on. Yeah, you guys need to check it out and we cannot wait to see you guys. We're so excited. Yes, absolutely. So, all right, Tracy, what do we got this week as far as Patreon and iTunes? All right, this week we have RPH223, Mojo Lobster. Brandon Gamble, Neezer413, and Nate8180. Thank you guys for your really nice reviews. We appreciate them so much. One of the one of the people that left a review said they'd like to be on the show. We're always looking for listener stories. So if you're hearing this, I don't know if you're looking, if you've made it this far, if you're listening to old stuff. But if you're hearing this, just send us an email or mm-hmm. a message on Facebook and we'll hook up with you. We're always looking for stories. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. And our Patreons this week are Donna Smith and David Ponce. Thank you guys so much for your support. We really appreciate you guys. And uh, just keep those iTunes reviews coming. We love them. And we just appreciate y'all more than y'all ever know. You said and a whole bunch. I know I did. What's up with that? Hey, I do want to, while we're doing this, I usually do this online, but we really don't do it on the show very often. We are getting ready to do a Patreon episode, which is, the big. if you're part of Patreon, you know that we do a about a 30 or 40 minute show that's nothing but our listeners' stories, mm-hmm. the first of every month. 
And if you would like to share your story, either written or come on the show and do it, it will be on Patreon. It won't be on this show. But if you would like to share that story, send me an email, jerrypauly at AOL.com. And if you can just go to our website and click on it and get it there if you don't remember what it is. Or send us a message on Facebook or something. And uh, I'll be doing all those this coming week. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. So, but yeah, it'd be cool. Like I said, we never announce it on the show. We always just put a <laughs> post up on Facebook and get a bunch. But yeah. it's to give some people that aren't part of the group uh, a chance. Yeah, we'd love to hear your all stories. It's awesome. Well, that wraps up this edition. I hope you guys had a good time. I hope you enjoyed uh, learning a little bit about the bucket of blood out in Portland. And we will talk to you guys next week. And hope you all have a blessed week. Bye.